welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts, the show about how everything is posting. Welcome to the end of year review. It's the time of year when we go over all the stuff that happened online, try to sort of synthesize whether anything meaningful changed or uh, if there was anything funny that happened or interesting in any way. This is going to be a two-parter. This is the free uh, episode you're listening to part one. We're going to hopefully get through January to June. Um, and then on the bonus feed, you can listen from uh, September to December. Uh, well, yeah, are we? Wait, sorry, no. You can listen to July to, to December. I'm not skipping months. Uh, I just don't recognize particular times of the year uh, mm-hmm. for religious reasons. Um, uh, which is to say, uh, well, welcome. First of all, congratulations for getting to the end of the year. Um, big congratulations to uh, to my co-host for getting towards the end of the year as well. How are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, fair, fair warning to the listener. Um, when we get to between October and December, I got, I got nothing for you because <laughs> from, from October to through to December, I was in, uh, the first trimester and I did nothing but puke and sleep. So I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what was going on. I've got no idea. I didn't see any, I didn't see any posts. I didn't, I, like all I did was puke, sleep, and watch documentaries about the princes in the tower. <laughs> well, look, one person, so when we were doing this episode, we were like, who, what people do we know that definitely have kept track of all the posts? And there was one name that came to my mind almost immediately. Uh, welcome back, Miles Cleet. Miles is a writer. You can see his right. You've heard, heard his writing in Rolling Stone. Uh, you've probably seen people get mad at him online quite a lot. We did a whole episode, which was, hey, Miles, why are people so mad at you online all the time? Uh, Miles, how's it going? It's going well. Um, no one is currently mad at me. And yes, I um just having my Rain Man recall of every single post I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I'm, 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 I'm having a beautiful mind moment where I'm writing them all down on the window uh, with a sort of weird <laughs> chalk uh, that only Russell Crowe had in that movie. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm just experiencing the, the total vision. Actually, no. We should update that. It's more of an Oppenheimer thing. I'm ha- I'm having I'm having like a like an Oppenheimer uh, Christopher Nolan style vision of just the complete fusion of all the posts uh, over the past year and and how they're actually going to um, cause a chain reaction and uh, set yeah. the entire world on fire. Yeah, you're just looking at puddles and remembering remembering all the remembering the ukulele apology and the tradwives. Uh, and uh, basically, just all the weird, all the weird like AI posts, and that's when I see. I, I did notice that we will talk about this on the second half when Oppenheimer and Barbie does come in, um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your position. But I did notice after I went to go see that film, but I do see more men staring into puddles these days than I have done usually, um, and so I do think that like that the lasting effect of that has been uh, fairly significant. Hats off to Christopher Nolan for like understanding what male hobbies are mm. he, gets it. <laughs> he, he does indeed get it where where do they get those marker pens that you can write on a window with i've been looking for one of these things since i was a kid you can't get them they only give them to scientists and films and cops you can get them from no you can get them from craft stores i have one i will give you one if you want yeah i do, I do one have i just not All been right, looking I'll in the right one. places i was looking in a pen shop you- was that my mistake yeah, because like, you know, you've got to go to like the actual sort of like crafts, like the graphic craft store. There's one uh, in central London that like has all these you pens. You can also go to building, die. like a uh, 
like B and Qs and stuff, like the sort of um, uh, you know, like DIY warehouses, they have yeah. those types of pens too. Okay. Um, and only and only I would know that because I went out searching for one. Uh, the moment I saw that scene, not in Rain Man, but in uh, the Social Network, where they write the algorithm on the window, um, which is also like another like cool thing that David Fincher like did because he knows what men's hobbies are. I will say actually that there are some posts that I have been aware I have been aware of, and I actually am going to do an episode about this in in the new year because I think the very very specific stuff that gets shown to you if you are if you are up the pole. Is it's like it's quite scary, but it's also quite interesting. And one of the things, uh, and this is just specifically, was reminded of it because of um, you mentioning the AI stuff, is that I quite often now get shown adverts which invite me to generate an AI image of what our baby is going to look like, and I'm like, no, thank you. That's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever heard. No, I don't want to do that. Also, you can just wait. I, yeah, I can just wait. Or like, I can look at myself in the mirror. I can look at my partner. I can look at our families. And I can I can have a guess. <laughs> I don't need to see some like some like kind of horrifying, uncanny valley thing with weird hands and two rows of teeth. Because <laughs> th- that's what we assume that yeah. they're going to look like. Anyway, without me being needed, needed to show that image at all. I'm assuming the two rows of teeth, it runs in my family. <laughs> I'm very excited to see that. There's lots of weird stuff uh, I imagine coming up in in that, uh, I, and I am looking forward to it getting weirder as uh, as as uh, as this process goes on for you. So uh, very excited for that to happen in the new year. But look, let's let's talk about mm-hmm. some posts that happened in this year, this current year. Um, it's tr- kind of tricky to do these episodes because um, partly, like, I feel both of us aren't really as online as we used to be, and so. But also like the amount of content that is now being produced mostly on TikTok, the other platform is sort of so fast that I'm like, there were lots of times where I was like, I'm not necessarily sure whether this is a trend worth talking about or whether it was something manufactured. And when I was thinking about like the episodes that we've done this year, I feel like this is sort of the running theme. Like we don't actually know what is important and insightful in relation to understanding internet culture, partly because of like a volume, but also because of like, and Phoebe, you've put this point very well, like at basically at every point, someone is trying to market something at you, or they are trying to sort of sell you a course, or they're trying to sell you a course in marketing. I feel like the first post in this introduction is a really good example of this. In January, there was a bit of a panic about tradwives. Um, I don't remember any of this, mm-hmm. but um, I did find a TikTok and I've, I found like a TikTok, uh, uh, I, found, I found like some TikTok screenshots. If I find the TikTok, I will, we will add it into the episode, but um, for people who like just have Miles brain, which is to say instant recall of the post I've seen, this is about um, uh, a creator. She sort of her name is Stacy Williams. Uh, she went viral for a set of posts encouraging young women to become trad wives and romanticizing housewife aesthetics. She said in the video, "I chose the trad life because I believe women have drifted far from our roots." Um, she lives in Virginia with her husband Connor. Um, oh no, they told this to Business Insider. So she says in this interview, for me, the hustle culture was not appealing. Being a wife, being a mum, making delicious home-cooked meals for my family and keeping up a warm, inviting home is what truly spoke to me. Um, in the video screens, uh, one of them says, a trad wife, short for traditional wife, is a woman who prefers to take traditional and ultra-traditional roles in marriage, including a belief that women's place is the home. Um, this kind of caused a bit of a stir. And Miles, you were kind of 
not necessarily at the center of it, but you did get into a bit of trouble online. So do you want to like talk us through your experience with Tradwives and like, you know, what, what, why, why a certain section of the internet did get mad at you for this? Well, first of all, I want to say that it's very funny, um, the women who were doing this because um, they're sort of cosplaying at not having a job, but the Tradwife thing mm. is the job. Like they're making content and trying to make money off of being mm. um, fake jobless. Yeah, let's see uh, if you come up with that, Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real, real, real brain teaser there. Um, this particular one uh, was sort of um, maybe, maybe a little too obvious of a of a um, of, of a content creator because she was wearing these um, sort of like sundresses and doing what I can only. D- describe as a uh, breasting boobily about when she was like, you know, uh, stirring up cookie dough and stuff. Like it was very, very obviously um, trying to beat uh, horny guys into watching her content. Um, and I quote tweeted it and said, um, the way I would cheat on this woman, um, because I, I think that part of being a trad wife is, you know, if you're going to be at home all the time baking cookies, your husband is going to be out cheating on you. And that's, you know, that's, tra- that's tradition too. I, that, that would be the trad husband. Mm. role and yeah. um yeah you know, i've seen that of, man i know what goes on yeah that that went fairly viral and then it, it it traveled to a part of twitter that is not my audience and um those people were either very upset that i would um <laughs> earnestly say uh that i that i would be unfaithful to this woman um but also but we're also just very upset like i got a lot of comments that were just upset about how many likes the tweet itself had and were confused and baffled and angry um, that anyone would even say such a thing, but also that anyone else would, uh, would find it funny. Uh, so that was, that, that was sort of a new one for me where people were not only mad at my comment, but mad that other people had apparently approved of that sentiment. Um, yeah, it was a good time, but that, that, that account has since been banned. So we're all good. No one's going to find that tweet anymore. That's how you get. That's how you get away with it. You just keep getting your accounts banned. No one's. No one's ever gonna dig up an archive of screenshots on you because it's literally impossible. Yep, clean slate. I think. Yep. Yeah, that's actually two accounts. Well, congr- ago, so. con- congratulations so, yeah, on that. Yeah, that was another thing too. Like you, it was you. hard to find you to book you on this episode because it was like, fuck, where did this guy's account just go? Did it get deleted once again? Um, <laughs> the most mysterious guy. Uh so I, I guess like when. Uh, the thing about the trad wife stuff, and Miles and I were talking about this a little bit just before we started recording, like a lot of other trends that have happened this year, but not just limited to this year. One of the kind of questions you return to as you're sort of doing the year review is like, where did these guys go? Like, where did these people go? Um, I don't know whether trad wives are still like a popular, um, like a popular subcategory on, uh, on TikTok. I don't really see much trad wife content out there, but it sort of feels like this kind of happened people like media outlets capitalized on it way too early. So like, you know, again, like, you know, this, this creator like got interviewed by a bunch of publications, including Insider when her videos started going viral, but like she was not the only one who kind of got this type of treatment. Um, but then after a while it was just like, well, where, yeah, where, where, where did they go? Um, and I thought that was just sort of interesting in terms of like, I think Miles, as you mentioned, like this isn't sort of a real thing. This isn't sort of a real phenomenon, but the way that it was treated was very much one of like, you know, uh, 
very much trying to sort of frame this as like, oh yeah, you know, the, like Gen Zers, the Zoomers are rejecting the sort of like sexual cultures of the millennials. And so the trad wife thing is sort of this long-term cultural phenomenon. I think we can sort of return to this and just be like, well, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure if that's quite true. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't know how much content you could even make as one of these people. Mm. Also, like how many, how many shots of you um, just, just mixing dough uh, are people going to watch? Also, in my experience, like anytime, uh, anytime there's somebody trying to make a name for themselves as a trad wife, their cooking just looks mm. abysmal. Like I've never seen, I don't know if you've had a different experience, but I've never seen a quote unquote trad wife cook something that looks good, that I want to eat. It all oh, no, never, literally never. Yeah. But then I don't, really again, bad. that fuller feeds this thing is like, I'm not sure how much of this is also just a bit in the sense that like, we've sort of come across a lot of content where like people deliberately make bad and gross food because it is stuff that sort of drives traffic. And like, you know, as you sort of mentioned, like this isn't a trad wife in a conventional, like, you know, this is a woman who sort of like stays at home and does these sort of quote unquote traditional jobs. Like she is a content creator. Like she is a content creator. Like so many of us are content creators who work from home. And like her home is effectively her studio. And they, you know, when I sort of think about the stuff we were talking about in terms of trad wives earlier this year, but just sort of my general observations, what seemingly is happening is like, no, this is, this is just another form of like cooking DIY sort of home decor content that just sort of has a bit of a political edge on it. Um, that was sort of popular for like a short period of time. But, you know, I'm looking through her TikToks right now. Her pinned ones like, the ones at the time when she was going viral, like you're looking at, you know, 1.3 million, 1.6 million, uh, 700,000. Um, her most recent ones, uh, you know, you're looking at maximum sort of 23,000, right? So I think this is, I think that's sort of like a fairly good trajectory and so like a fairly good insight into like the trajectory of these types of categorizations. Um, although she did appear on Fox News uh, under the banner, um, trad wives are under attack by liberals. So, so, uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, J uh, Joe Brandon is trying to outlaw trad wives. Yeah, so true, so true. <laughs> um, shall we move on to uh, to? Okay, go on. I do, I do have I do have one one little observation to make about it, which is that is that the the point about manufactured phenomenon uh, phenomenons phenomena um, is that. It's it's not it's not so much whether or not the people who are making the content actually believe what they're saying. It's about whether or whether or not it uh, speaks to something which is sort of already already happening in the people who are who are consuming it. It's 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 le it's less about whether or not these are actual trad wives and whether or and more whether this has any kind of valence with the people that that it's being consumed by. And I and I know that from. Um, from particularly from women I know who are, who are who are who are younger than me, that they have started to have to a bit when they're dating weed out some slightly interesting kind of gender role stuff from the men that they're mm. from the men that they're meeting in a way that they wouldn't have had to sort of literally a year ago. So I think it's I think it's both a case of of old media wanting to um wanting to force newer media to obey the kind of cycles that it's used to that it knows about that it understands that everything has to be kind of indicative of some of of some kind of sort of cultural cultural change or have some kind of cultural valency so stuff that should just be a kind of a just don't pay any attention to that that's just that's just people 
throwing throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks content wise um and the fact that you're te- you're you're like reporting on it like it is a serious news story is mm-hmm. what is giving it its valency but that doesn't mean that people aren't consuming it and they're not and they're not taking something from it and it's not and it's not and it's not shaping something either tapping into something that's already there or shaping itself into into something else i think it's i think there's much more of an interplay between the consumer and the creator and i think that's probably as we like move forward as you and i become less online as there's as there's nothing to replace what what twitter used to be mm. i think that one of the things that we'll have to be just like thinking about a lot more seriously is that kind of interplay between consumer and creator mm. and then you get stuff um, which is just sort of so, so much more obviously um, a very, very kind of a, a elaborate online sex work, which also gets reported on like it's a kind of cultural disaster, like the uh, like mm. the NPC girls are also on TikTok, who like they're just that it's it's just it's just it's just very very complicated, highly skilled camming. That's that's literally all it is, and people were behaving like it was sort of the end sort of the end of the world but that's mu- but that to me felt much more kind of okay so the, just don't look at it if it's not your thing don't mm. don't look at it but i think tra- i think trad stuff particularly particularly what it kind of purports what it purports to be about even if the creators are just trying to uh, trying to kind of drive lots of traffic or to sell you their i don't know bread baking workshop which i wouldn't go to by the way because their bread looks like <laughs> shit Always, always. You spend so much time doing it. Do you not think that you'd maybe get a little bit better? I don't know. I don't know. I still get. I still get. I still see a lot of um, trad stuff, but I think it's all on Instagram now. Mm. I think it's Instagram's a better medi- medium for it than TikTok. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how well this person does on Instagram. Maybe I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a look after the episode. Um, but yeah, why? Well, maybe. Maybe uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the trad stuff, how the trad stuff manifests next year, if it does at all. Um, let's go to February. There were like a few couple of serious things. The online safety bill in the UK was debated. Uh, but, um, I don't want to, I don't want to like go, I don't want to like, uh, have to, Miles doesn't need to like sort of, uh, be subjected to, uh, the um, monotony of, uh, British parliamentary debates. Um, let's talk about something more fun. Do you remember the Sisyphus memes? Um, this was a TikTok, this was a TikTok user called Awaken Atlas who posted the video about how she, how she thinks the myth of Sisyphus is a good story about a guy getting stronger and pushing a heavy boulder up the hill every day. And that Sisyphus probably liked pushing the boulder. Um, and, uh, I'm going to put the audio into the TikTok, uh, of the TikTok here. We're kind of missing the point of the Sisyphus myth. He gets stronger. The point is, is that we are free to imagine him happy because he is. He becomes a person who can roll a boulder up a hill every single day and do it again. And it's amazing because there is a deepening of self. As he does it over and over and over again, it is different every day. Not because what he's doing is different. It's actually because the thing that he is doing is the same, but he is then allowed to become different. It's kind of a metaphor for having a practice and a routine and like doing the same thing every day and like cyclical, seasonal, blah, 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 that thing. It is an ode to physical suffering because that brings enlightenment. Rolling a boulder up a hill every single day is not a punishment. It is his reward. 
this caused a lot of, uh, this, well, this, I didn't want to say a lot. This caused like some amount of discourse, uh, partly people sort of yelling at this person for not understanding the myth of Sisyphus. But also I, it was like, I think of all the moments of this year, I, I did find some humor in the Sisyphus posts. Uh, Miles, what did you think of the Sisyphus posts? Um, yeah. Like what did you, do you think that like, actually she had though, she had, she had the right idea the whole time about Sisyphus. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, this, this is just a great update of, um, you know, mid-century existentialist thought about Sisyphus. So yeah, I, I, I feel like she had read the essay and then just come back and, uh, distilled it for a TikTok audience and absolutely nailed it. Yeah. No, no. Sisyphus was an right. Sisyphus was a rising grind guy, according to, uh, according to her TikTok anyway. Although again, Sisyphus, Sisyphus LinkedIn would be so tight. I mean, he, yeah, he, he, he has sort of the, that he has sort of the tech founder men mentality. Yeah. So I think like beyond, beyond, beyond the sort of like satire of the Sisyphus myth, we don't need to go too much into that. One of the thoughts I had looking back on this was also just the interplay between TikTok and Twitter. So in one of the interviews, she sort of says that like on TikTok, she had a much more like friendly and receptive audience. It was only once the TikTok had made it onto Twitter that like she was suddenly receiving all this abuse. Um, which sort of implies two things. First is that her audience on TikTok do like has never ha, has not read the myth of Sisyphus. That's fair enough. I'm not going to make any judgments on that. Um, I also did not read it like until much later in my life. Anyway, the other part is to do with something which another trend that we sort of talked about throughout this year, which is that sort of interplay between Twitter X and TikTok. And just as as the former is dying and the latter is sort of making ascension, there is still this kind of interplay between the two. Some of which sort of tells us about like the generations that have sort of stayed on particular platforms, but also this kind of weird interdependence. Like to a certain degree. Like the fact that like these TikToks end up going viral because they are reposted onto other platforms, that isn't new in and of itself. But I think it does tell us about to, to a certain degree, like why Twitter is sort of, or like X is still kind of survived, albeit like, uh, and, and you know, and we'll get to like, we'll get to sort of like the death of X, like, you know, in, in a couple, like in, in a little bit. But I wondered whether you had any thoughts on just like, you know, as you, as someone who sort of like observes this, uh, in your work, but also just as like a personal interest, what do you think is like the relationship at the moment between Twitter as it exists right now and TikTok posts in terms of how we should be understanding virality? Yeah, there's there's people on Twitter who never see a TikTok unless it makes it over there. And what it takes to make it over there, I think, is often um, that it's discourse bait. And, you know, in a case like this, this is this is one of those instances where it feels like people on Twitter don't think that young people on TikTok are capable of making a joke or 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 being satirical or, or anything like this. And I think there's also an element of like sexism on, in there, too, because even on even within Twitter itself, um, you know, women can women will joke around and then be taken you know, those, those tweets will be taken at face value and then they'll go viral in a main character way and get ripped apart. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like, um, the way a TikTok will get dragged from, um, from that platform to Twitter, um, to kind of gawk at like, a you know, like mm -hmm. you're at the zoo, um, <laughs> and be like, get, get a load of this, get a load of this freak I found um on the other platform and you know isn't this person stupid or outrageous or what you know the, it, it's it's always it's always presented with the kind of like i need you to be as horrified as i am 
by what is happening to young <laughs> people on this platform. I think there is, you know, there's probably no shortage of stuff that you could get upset about on TikTok. Um, but some people have a real um, sick talent for finding the thing that will make Twitter the maddest and and just throwing it, uh, throwing it on the platform like a just just a carcass mm. to be teared into. And uh, this this felt like an example mm. of that. Yeah. Maybe do you have any thoughts on uh, thoughts on like both the relationship and also uh, the myth of Sisyphus and like whether we got it all wrong by uh, saying that she was that he wasn't a rising <laughs> grind guy. I mean, we must picture Sisyphus happy. <laughs> is not meant to be. It's not meant to be. Really, this is fine, and he was, <laughs> and he was just rising and grinding and maximizing his and maximizing his potential. Like, e- like even the statement we must we must picture Sisyphus happy is not as so far as I, so far as I can tell, we must picture Sisyphus happy is not a retelling of it. It is you, it is that you, it makes sense to, to frame it as somebody who is content with their futility, but you can't get around the fact that Sisyphus and his rock was being was was being punished. This was supposed to be a this was supposed to be a terrible, mm. terrible punishment of of old of old Sisyphus because he uh, he cheated death, I think, and he also and he also killed um, he killed a guest to mm. his palace. And on the on the Greek myth front, that's a real that's a real big <laughs> no no. They really really fixated on. On treat on treating guests well as a prince. Yeah, they let him cheat death a few times, but yeah, cheat like guests, cheating death are a bit like yeah, okay, right. You're being a dickhead, but all right, fine. You, you get another chance. You you go around you go around killing guests. Uh, then that's like a specific offense again. That's a specific offense against Zeus, and you and you can't be doing that, white baby. So 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 that's so that's so that's what's going on with with Sisyphus and the the the, the impulse to apply. Either philosophical or uh, psychoanalytic frameworks onto Greek myth is, is quite often, I think, a little bit of a a little bit of a hiding to a little bit of a hiding to nothing. But I think it's very funny to so misunderstand it and to think that there's any kind of like oh every single day he gets better. It's not a story of it's not a story of improvement. <laughs> it's not a story of persistence or resilience. It's a story of it's a story of futility, and he's not—he's not given the option to make the best of 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 how he's found himself. Also, he's also he's 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 dead by the time this this happens. This is his, this is his punishment in the underworld. He's like he's in he's in the like the bad bit of the underworld with all the other with all the other fellas who have like kind of outlandish and inventive punishments applied to them. It's a very, very strange thing to pick up on. But then again, by the same token, I think that most people's musings, shall we say, <laughs> about pretty much any subject would not lend it lend themselves especially well to being to being recorded. Mm. I say and think dumb stuff all the time. <laughs> all the time. And that's why I don't make videos of my face saying said mm. dumb stuff. I have a little think, and then I say my dumb stuff into this mic. But I have thought about it at first. I'm not just sort of saying whatever comes into my head. If I only ever said what what's just come into my head, then I would easily say something as stupid as 
uh, as Sisyphus is a rising grind guy. And also, I think she was probably joking as well. So, yeah. I mean, it's not clear in the interviews where she sort of says it, but it's well, like whether she was joking or not, which might also be part of the bit, right? But this is the thing. If it, if, it, if it was me, I would just absolutely just continue to just drive that bit yeah. into the ground. Which I think she kind of did. And yeah, I think she did. Yeah, absolutely double down. I think on she that. kind of did. I feel like in some to a certain degree, like that's really the only thing you can do um, after a certain point and after you sort of had the media attention and everything. Um, but, but look, yeah. we have I have another little fun story. This is from the 10K Post archive, but I thought it'd be worth bringing up because I do think it's like one of the funniest things uh, that we have come across for a bit. Um, it is, uh, so, so question fellas, uh, do you need to go to uh, pilot school to become a pilot? Uh, this was a subreddit. Uh, this was from a subreddit where a, where a man, uh, got really annoyed with his wife because his wife refused to, uh, introduce him at social gatherings as a pilot. I'm going to read some of this cause it's quite like a long Reddit post. Um, my wife and I together, together for five years, married for two, have an amazing, happy relationship. I can't recall a single time we've argued uh, to the point of breakup or divorce. However, the issue that's causing me to reconsider the health of our relationship since my wife and I have been together, I have worked as a manager for a restaurant chain and I am extremely passionate. I'm extremely passionate aviation inf- inf- enthusiast in my free time. I have spent thousands of dollars on flight textbooks, sim gear, built my own A4- A330 setup, uh, I, but I've never actually flown a plane or started flight training. But I have considered it for a long time. Even though my skills are not a career, I still consider myself an adept, possibly more knowledgeable than the average pilot. That being said, here is where the problem arises. My wife and I uh, went to one of her male co-workers' house for a barbecue. Uh, my wife is a senior software engineer for a COVID startup. Uh, she has worked there since 2020. Um, blah, blah, blah. I'd assume that she had talked about me before, but as we were, as we were cycling through introductions, I became less sure. We made our way down to the line of the host uh, and uh, uh, and to a new male hire that she has grown platonically close with. Mm. Uh, we exchanged casual conversations and Greg, the host, asked what <laughs> I do for a living. My wife chimes, he manages a quote, fast food chain. It certainly becomes of some benefit and I, I assume that she's referring to free food. In a voice that implied there was nothing wrong with what she said, I quickly corrected, corrected her and told him that I'm a pilot. My wife already knows how insecure I am about my job, but I'd rather be introduced by my hobby. I've earned that title of pilot through my 500 hours plus on the sim and thousands of dollars put into my craft. I think it is extremely disrespectful for her not to acknowledge my skills and training just because I don't have the title of a pilot on an overpriced piece of paper does not mean I'm not a pilot. Um, <laughs> oh, God. oh, man. Oh, man. This guy. <laughs> First, I mean, it's a red. I think it's a red flag very early on when uh, in a post like this, when they're when he's like, we've never had an argument. Are you sure, though? Would she like I want to hear from her? Would she agree that you have never had an argument? I mean, five year relationship. Come on. You need to be arguing a little bit more. In the first <laughs> Absolutely. Place. To avoid to avoid something <laughs> to like avoid this coming this to a precise head. situation. Maybe this is maybe this is the point. Maybe the reason they don't argue is because whenever he starts talking about his flight sim, she's like going, "Uh huh, mm hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> absolutely." And that's why they don't fight. Why? Why doesn't he just do the flight sim? Ne- so it's never really clear in the thing. So there is like an yeah. Miles, he doesn't have to. He's already a pilot. I don't understand right. what the issue is here. I suppose that, yeah, because this, this really sort of brings up the question, right? This is the question at the heart of this post, which is like, do you, like, at what point can you not do the thing and still be called the thing, right? Um, as in, do you need to actually fly a plane to be a pilot? So, 
And that sounds like a dumb question, but I did ask my cousin who is in flight school and is training to be a pilot at the moment. And what he did say is that in your first two years of flight training, you'd never actually really set foot in any kind of plane. Although actually, no, no, actually I'm completely wrong. He said that you do step foot in a plane, but it's kind of one of those one seat planes that you use for short journeys. And that's just more for like you to sort of kind of get used to the gravitational elements of flying. Um, which then actually puts my point to shit because that is a big part of being a pilot, right? Like you do need to actually experience the physiological components of flying an aircraft in the air. And if you do it on the sim, then you can't really do that because you are not in the air, you are on the ground on your computer. Um, and so his, but his definition seems to sort of be about like, if I can land a plane on a computer, um, that kind of operates like an airplane, then I should be called a pilot. Her contention, which is fair enough, which is no, to be a pilot, you do actually need to fly the plane in the air in a real sense. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I did sort of wonder, are there any types of careers or trades or anything where you don't actually have to do the thing and you could still technically be considered to be like that occupation? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm sure there are some, but I just can't remember of like, I just can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, apart from like saying something arch about working in any kind of creative field where you're still calling yourself something when you haven't been paid to yeah, for DJ. a really long time. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I think that's, I think, but I think that's like, a, that's a bit more, that's not quite what you, quite what I you mean. I agree with Miles. Like, sorry, D- if yeah. D- yeah. Like if you're, oh, good. If you're going around calling yourself like, a tree surgeon, you probably have to be chopping down some trees. Mm. Well, I think DJ is actually a really good example of this. And that's my own like personal beef of DJs, which is number one, you don't see scratch DJs anymore. And I do think that a big part of being a DJ is knowing how to like scratch on turntables. Um, but also you mm-hmm. can very much do that on a, like effectively when you are, you, when you have one of those DJ controller things that like you see at every house party now, but it's just doing DJ on a sim. That is effect, that is effectively doing what this guy is doing. So I think that DJ might yeah. actually apply in this instance. Okay. You know, if you... But like, I don't know. I feel like if you have done this at like a friend's party, you're not insisting that your wife introduces you to her friends and colleagues as a DJ. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but this is, this is, the, cause like, this is the, cause I'm, I'm, I remember, I remember when this post, when this post came out and lots of people going like, Oh my God, this is like so obviously a fake. Can you imagine being this pathetic? And I'm like, I definitely know people who I could imagine being this pathetic. <laughs> like, absolutely. I definitely could imagine this. And what I think is concerning about it, it's not the fact that he, uh, wastes hours of his time, uh, playing with a toy. I mean, this is what I think is so interesting about what we were talking about earlier about, like how many times can you watch watch like this one this one woman in a kind of flowery sundress like sort of chuck some dough around like how much how many fake flights can you fly and land without getting like insanely bored i think there is like there's a certain um internal rhythm that gets established mm. when you're consuming particularly something which requires some kind of some kind of interaction for me. So that so that's not that's not the issue. It's 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 very it's very pathetic and it's very stupid that he's like he wants to be called a pilot when he's never flown a plane. Because like you do have to like you have to log your hours like in flight. You actually have to do yeah. that. Even if you're doing like a kind of even if you're like taking like a cadet pilot's license, you still have to you still gotta you still gotta be flying around. It's you know what? I th- you know what the, the the thing that stands out to me as being the problem as being the problem here it's it's the word disrespectful because 
I have never, not once, and I'm sorry for being essentializing, I'm sorry, I have never, not once, encountered a man saying that a woman is being disrespectful who's not being a total dick about something. Mm, that's a good point. So I think this I think this pilot business, I think it's the absolute tip of the iceberg. I think it's like, I think it's, he thinks of it as like the only problem in their otherwise perfect marriage. And she thinks of it as the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Probably correct. Um, there have been no- Man is yeah. going to carry out the next 9-11. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. But it's at least it's not, at least no one's going to get hurt because he doesn't know how to fly a plane. He doesn't have the license. I mean, say what you will about the 9-11 pilots. They did actually go to flight school. So They did actually. They made the effort- Real pilots. To go to flight Real school. Pilots. <laughs> They were re- they were real pilots. They couldn't land, admittedly, but they were real pilots. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's move on. Um, let's let's <laughs> let's move on before we get into trouble. Let's let's move on right. swiftly. Um, so I think this is like a good time. So this is around about March and April. There are like a few things that happen. Like a new Harry Potter video game came out, uh, which sort of caused some beef between. Uh, well, not beef, but it caused like a bit of a fissure between like the Harry Potter fandom and the sort of discourse around. Can you like the whole like separating the art from the artist thing? I don't think we really need to go too much into that. Um, there was no, we don't, but there was one thing that was very funny yeah, about on. it, which was how many, um, how many kind of right wing, like either provocateurs or content creators or, or or media figures were had painted themselves into this corner where they were going going around having to pretend that they were really really excited about a children's computer game that's funny that to is me. True, yeah. like any like any kind of situation where like i don't know like the tuckers of this world are being obliged to pretend that they fucking love harry potter it's just like it's it's a it's a it's a grim world at the moment and you've got to take your joy where you can <laughs> and like just the idea of just be, these being like of these like little kind of like these little kind of like nazis monkey like kind of marching along to to defend the harry potter computer game like again this is not in anywhere you gotta hand it to them but the fascists of the past had some self-respect mm. yeah that's a good point yeah it was there was like some humor and uh like yeah, I think there's always humor in like right wing people like pretending to like like stuff that they very clearly don't. Um, there was yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't catch Mussolini <laughs> making a little stream of himself playing the Harry Potter game. That's all I'm saying, <laughs> and that is not that's not a defense. Not a defense. Just <laughs> just just an observation. It's just um, an observation. We also had uh, the first instance of uh, Twitter alternatives being launched. So uh, this was around about the time that Blue Sky got released. Um, and uh, there was that very kind of straight, well, there was that moment where everyone was asking for blue sky codes. Uh, but the moment you got the code, I, I mean, I don't know, like Miles, do you like, are you on blue sky? Do you use it? Like what happened? Cause I haven't, I feel, I actually realized I hadn't logged into blue sky since maybe the summer of this year. Yeah, no, I'm on there. I think I'm close to 10,000 followers now. So oh, I'm, okay. I, oh, look um, at this guy. Yeah. the fun, it, it, it is funny because it's small enough that I am one of the biggest accounts on there still. Yeah. And I got on, I guess that's mostly because I got on there early enough. And yeah, I think the, I think the funny thing about Blue Sky right now is that um, uh, there were people who got on very early and took that role very seriously and in sort of like creating what community they wanted to find there. And um, they started very quickly uh, 
unironically calling themselves like blue sky elders and all this stuff. And they were always like, whenever a new, a new wave of people joined, they were like, oh, here's how we do things here. You know, they, they really like appointed themselves as like the high council of this, <laughs> of this app. Um, and one by one, they were all actually run off of it for being uh, problematic shitheads in their own right, which was very funny. Um, so yeah, there, there were, there were people very active in the old, in the early days who are no longer there just because they tried so hard to clout themselves up before everyone else got there. Um, and then were exposed as like, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of, all kinds of, um, just a terrible shitty behavior. Um, there were people who had been like, you know, canceled on Twitter who were trying to, you know, uh, resurrect themselves on blue sky mm-hmm. and then were found out. And, and there was also all sorts of like, I don't know, there was some kind of discord where everyone had people were posting all sorts of receipts on each other. And, it was such a mess um, mm-hmm. because it was so, it, but it was so funny because, you know, people were, you know, it was a very uh, leftist leaning, you know, everyone was, everyone was kind of like a ultra progressive. And then, but as a result, people started policing each other, like very extremely about um, each other's views. And, 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 uh, you know, if anyone could be said to be, uh, you know, like even vaguely like centrist or right wing or something. It's like everyone, everyone would jump on them and block them and and all this because they were trying to preserve this kind of anti Twitter space, but it became like very toxic in its own right. So I think it has the legs because it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty demented still like a a bunch of people who thought they were going to solve all the problems of Twitter, but just kind of like uh, reinventing them. Um, So that's been really funny to see. Mm. That, yeah, that's 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 good, isn't it? Something that I have noticed, I have both both Blue Sky and I have Threads because I clicked on something by accident. And now I can't get rid of it. Um, it's a, it's quite it's quite it's quite fun if you uh, if you have like I do like clumsy thumbs and you just like and you like to kind of product things on your phone. Um, you can quite easy you can quite easily end up with Threads, and you can't deactivate threads without deactivating your entire instagram account mm. as, I, as i as i discovered so every so often it's like oh look at this thread and i'm like no i don't want to but what's quite interesting is that is that on threads it's like twitter in 2016 so lots of people talking about like their work in a very um unironized way and lots of i am here to educate you um stuff and then on blue sky there's like like miles said there's like there's lots of like interesting oh who who could who would ever have guessed that building abstracted communities based on uh these quite kind of punitive ideas of how to handle uh, how to handle conflict and/or disagreement, populated by quite a lot of people who are sort of quite kind of maladapted. Who could imagine that it would end up like this? No one, not me. Um, but there's also quite a lot of people who are posting really old Twitter jokes on Blue Sky to like get to sort of get the likes again, which I think is really weird. Like, yeah, playing the hits. Yeah, playing the hits, but not the people who came up with the hit originally and they're such specific twitter jokes as well i saw someone try to pass off the uh, balloon going into the power line is that good 
post. Oh wow, I haven't heard of didn't heard of tarot heard that for a really long time. The tarot yeah. card, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's shame. That's shame. And I was Shameless. Like, do you th- I was like, oh, do you think? Do you think that we have no memories? And then I was a bit like, actually, you know what? There is a possibility that there are people who have a much more kind of healthy memory brain system and don't remember <laughs> stuff like this and would just see this and go, oh, that's pretty funny and move on. But uh, no, again, not not me. Yeah, but, <laughs> I don't do yeah, that. But at the same time, I feel like if you were going on Blue Sky, I think, I, I again, this is all just like anecdotal, right? But like, if you're going on Blue Sky, you are probably someone who is like leaving Twitter and you're leaving Twitter because you had a particular experience on there, which was then sort of changed as a result of like the takeover. And so it probably is like fairly likely that people do remember that. And like whether they sort of like call these people out or not, I don't, you know, that's sort of a different question. But I think it does make sense where it's just like, you, you know, because I think when we talked about Blue Sky and also just other apps, I feel like Fred's may be a little bit different. But when we talked about Blue Sky, the question that was really looming was like, is this an attempt to rebuild something that is familiar, but in an impossible situation because like effectively, you know, you're, you're never going to get like old Twitter back. Like you're not going to get like mid 2010s Twitter back. You're not going to get weird Twitter back. Like things have changed materially to like, make, like that just can't happen anymore. Right. It's the reason why on TikTok, which mm. I think is like the closest thing you have to sort of more a more sort of organic social media culture, the weird stuff you see on there kind of like has its own flavor and it has its own trajectories. Like, and so I do wonder whether it is like what it did represent to some people was this attempt to kind of, you know, have this sort of insulated space in which you could kind of retain your Twitter status, but without like, you know, just like just the attempt to sort of reasonably keep it in a keep it in a community and like or like make sure your posts don't sort of end up in places where they don't belong. But at the same mm. time, just like trying to sort of rekindle a type of experience that just is not really kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's just not really possible to have anymore. Yeah, like, I think I think that's right. And I think that I think that is perceptive. But I mean, with accepting the fact that there is a huge, huge content creation business on TikTok of responding and stitching other people's videos that's like a whole that's like a whole kind of mode of mode of production so there is a certain amount of the creator is also the consumer and also the and also the creator and the consumer and they're all the, they're both things at the same time but there's not that kind of immediacy as there is with being the both the creator and the consumer as there is on a mainly mainly written platform mm. Because you've got to, because you see the video and you decide to do your, and you decide to do your stitch response, you've got to like then go and set that up and decide what you're going to say. And it's much less kind of, and it's much less kind of you are consuming at the same time as you are, as, as, as you, as you are creating. So there's something about TikTok that feels like it's also trying to kind of return to a particular way of being online. And it feels a bit kind of, wanting to go back to the to the kind of the glory days of YouTube where there were creators and they made stuff and there was audience and they watched stuff and like yeah they interacted with the stuff and they consumed the stuff and they have like a status as as the consumer but it's not this kind of like pretense mm. at everyone being being on the same on the same level and the same page but have you seen the stuff that came out today about how uh, about how TikTok sort of higher ups have a uh, just like they did on Twitter have a list of accounts that can't be censored or 
uh, or I didn't know. given any kind of warning. Yeah. Do you know who one of the, one of them uh, is? I was going to say me, but I don't actually have a Twitter, a TikTok account. So no, I don't know who, who, <laughs> who, who is it. One of them is um, Russell Brand's TikTok oh, wow. okay. account. So, uh, so, 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 Mister, uh, the mainstream media are trying to are trying to keep me down. Uh, is actually being coddled and and handheld by that's, well, that's by TikTok. That's great to, as a matter of policy. So that's that's, that's fun, isn't hear. it? That's really good. That's cool. It's good. Great. It's good. It's good. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> I was I was delighted. Uh, very very healthy platform. Great great stuff. Very um, healthy. Very very healthy platform. Should we should we move on to some other stuff before uh, before we have to like close up? Um, some hopefully some more fun stuff. Uh, so let's let's move let's move on to April. Um, so here's something that I thought was actually a really interesting trend. Uh, in terms of like a type of new format, which was fake podcasts. Um, so these are sort of clips. You mostly see them on TikTok, but you've probably seen them on Reels. You've probably seen them shared onto basically any social media where you have like TikTok, so sort of like what looks like podcast clips. The clips are like maybe one or two minutes long. Um, they all sort of look the same. So like you have mo- like they're sort of mostly men, but actually, no, I don't know. There's like women as well, but like the sort of objects are very similar. You'll have two people shown with like microphones in their face. Uh, the background will probably be like pastel colors with like fake plants in the background. So like the sort of projection of a podcast studio and you'll have those types of subtitles, which like sort of bounce one word at you at a time. I don't know if like that's kind of a good way of describing it, but I think it has a very particular kind of aesthetic. And often these podcasts, the clips, the ones that would go viral would sort of be, they would sort of go viral because they would seem like the conversations would be kind of insane. A lot of the ones that I saw this year were all to kind of do with like dating and in particular, um, men who were sort of scolding women about body counts and women who were sort of willingly come, seemingly willingly coming onto these types of quote unquote podcasts in order to sort of be berated. Um, lo and behold, most of these podcasts ended up being fake and they ended up just sort of being advertisements, either for particular kinds of social media pages. They were, they either had like a subtle product, like, um, a a product, uh, what you call it, like a product advertisement, like in the, in the, in the link. Um, but yeah, like I think as a format, this was like a really interesting phenomenon for us as both podcasters, but also like looking at the ways in which this type of outrage content is being shared. Um, Miles, I think you may have written about, but I'm not entirely sure, but you must've seen it. Like what were your thoughts on this as a format? Why is it that like, what, why do you think that like the podcasting format has sort of been one of the more popular ways of like spreading outrage, uh, at the moment? (laughs) Yeah, I did see this one. Uh, the video you have here is the is the woman saying that uh, she gets her gets her man off uh, like six times a day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, if I'm not wrong, I think this one was actually an advertisement for. I think she's a porn actress, right? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, it was it was an advert for her OnlyFans, and fair play. I hope she got lots smart. of signups off it. I think that's smart. Yeah, yeah, it is smart. because yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean. It's not it's not every day online that you see something that um, sort of confuses you and pisses you off and you click through and, and you're like, oh, it's just porn. Um, actually, I take that back. That's often what's going on, uh, whether it's the fetish food <laughs> content we've discussed. Um, yeah. This is I the thing, like, like yeah. half of the stuff you see online, it's like it's either it's like, oh, okay, this is porn. It's just porn I don't get. Or this is uh, this is selling me something or both. Mm. Yeah. It, it is very funny to um, to see like a podcast rendered as like a primarily visual thing 
because you know everyone who does <laughs> these videos they're always like you know they're wearing bikinis or whatever or they're in like a real studio or, um <laughs> and, it's, and it's just these and it's just like a 30 second snippet of the most insane thing you've ever heard um yeah. it's it's made me paranoid now about other you know other clips you see because i've even had the experience of like seeing a clip like this and i'm like that has to be one of those fake podcasts and i'll go through and i'll click through and i'm like no that those are actually two people who are really doing the worst podcast you've (laughs) you've ever heard um yeah it's just it's just something that makes me there there i think there is sort of almost a link between this kind of content and like the AI trends that we saw mm. this year, they, a lot of these things feel AI generated, even when it's real yeah. people well, acting out, well, like, acting yeah. out the conversation. Well, the subtitles themselves are like AI generated. Like the fact that they all look the same, like I sort of, I thought I found out, but no, like the reason why they all look the same is because they're using the same type of AI software, which like basically kind of creates these, you know, it, it works in the same way as like most transcription software, but it also has that subtitle feature that like, like works for TikTok, so you can produce these clips really, really quickly. Um, and as long as like the person speaking is speaking, like, but yeah, as, as long as they're sort of saying stuff clearly enough, that AI does a pretty like. And I mean, crucially, like it doesn't do like a perfect job of it. Like I've watched, yeah, get stuff wrong. Yeah, I've watched like stuff on mute where the subtitles have clearly got it wrong, and you're like, huh? What? Like what? What? What did they say? Not because it's like outrageous, but just because it doesn't make any sense. And then you realize that oh no, they've got like an AI basically running the subtitles for them. Um, which is to say that like, no, these are this, like, I think you're right to the degree that in the same way that the AI content that we've all sort of been filled with and a lot more of that will sort of come up in the second half of this, of, of this uh, two part series. Um, this is all, like one of the things that we talked about in terms of like certain kinds of influences and what happens when, um, making sort of like high end content becomes too expensive, but the demands for producing more and more. Um, are much higher than ever. The podcast format lends itself to basically be, you know, you are able to produce a mass amount of content in a very short amount of time. And it doesn't really matter like what's being said in that. What really matters is like what's being, like how it's being posted. And so it makes complete sense that, you know, a, a viable social media strategy is like make these very cheaply produced clips where you don't even need to buy like cables to, for your microphones. Like some of these clips, like the microphones aren't plugged in and you only notice them like once you start looking and you're like, oh, this was a fake podcast. And he's like, yeah, are you, I've been, we've been doing podcasting for so long. And you know, you're just like, I didn't even notice that there's not a cable in that microphone. <laughs> and the reason is just like, no, this is just very cheaply produced stuff that is rendered very quickly. And it is designed to sort of make you sort of hate share, which is like the whole point of this, mm. you know, or just like react, not even hate share, but just like that instantaneous reaction um, and I think like as podcasters, but also there's like people who like kind of are sort of figuring out like where, how to evolve the podcast. I do wonder whether this is a somewhat dangerous territory where it sort of pushes podcasters to kind of end up having to create those types of clips because of online environments are so filled with them, but like you really have no choice, but to kind of go with that. I don't really, I don't really have an answer to that, but I do. It, it was one of the things that I was sort of concerned about in terms of like where podcasting is going or where it may go in the next few years. Mm. It's like a quibby approach to podcasting. You should just make like one minute long episodes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that exists. I don't, I, don't nice. I, I, I think that does exist. So you have like the sort of minute, two minute podcast, but at the same time, like one of the things to sort of, you know, bear in mind for next year is like TikTok. like one of TikTok's things is that they're going to like release longer length 
Um, so you could upload longer videos. Um, so as, as, as we sort of once again, like pivot, like all of us are forced again to pivot to video because this time it will work. I promise. Um, we may find that like, oh yeah, like the best place to, and the only place to listen to an hour and a half long podcast is on TikTok in vertical mode for some reason. So looking, I'm, I, yeah, yeah that, looking forward to that sounds, that sounds awful. Looking forward to that. <laughs> looking forward to like having to buy everyone ring lights and stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's move, let's move on. Let's, let's move on to, uh, something, um, a little bit. Well, actually, no, Miles, you sort of touched on this already. So like we have now hit the midpoint of this year, kind of. We are now in May, 2023. Um, two major things happened during this time. The first is that Miles, and you will have felt this too, we lost our blue checks. Um, yeah, I, RIP. I remember sitting, I, I was sitting on uh, one of those mounds in Norfolk, which I, which Miles, you don't need to know anything about that, Phoebe. I don't know whether you've ever been to the Norfolk, uh, that park with all the mounds. Um, you can see the stars up there really nicely. Uh, I was up. So where where is this? This is in Norfolk. It's in like where is not where, where is Norfolk? Uh, it is in North London, obviously. Uh, it is in Northwest London. Uh, and they have these very famous uh like mount like these very famous hills where um I think there's like a druid history around there, but I'm not entirely sure about that. But um I was up there uh doing some stargazing with a stargazing group, and then I realized that oh my blue check is gone. It's over. Like it truly is over for me. Um. <laughs> Which is to say that we got. God, that's that's really. Yeah. That's really profound. It, it was actually a very profound moment of this of the twenty twenty. You're looking up at the looking up at the galaxy, and then you're. Well, no, crucially, everyone else was looking up at the galaxy. I was looking on my phone, being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> looking to see um, if your blue check was there. <laughs> um, which is to say, we got a new check of blue. Che- we got we got a new class of blue checks, and uh, one of those blue checks I would like to name because I do think that they put on a stellar performance this year. Um, none other than Catterd too. Um, Catted two, who has a very, uh, this was his, this was Catted two's first post when they were allowed to buy a blue check. Um, wait, oh, hang on. How, how, how are we, how are we saying this? Catted, Catted two or cat turd. It's, it's cat turd, isn't it? It's not catted. One of the things that cat turd or catted writes, uh, at this moment is Hollywood celebrities are showing exactly who they are right now. Uh, um, arrogant elitist snobs worth $200 million who won't pay $8 because they think they're better than everyone else. Um, Cathead has gone on quite a journey since then. Uh, he has been mad at Elon like more than once because he spends a lot of money on the blue check and doesn't really get as get paid anywhere near as much as like yeah, Tim. Still, still shadow banned. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like complaining that no one sees his posts, and also he doesn't get paid anywhere near enough for like than like Tim Pool or the Krasentines and everything. But he's still willing to pay for that because just like the infamous Donald Trump tweet about Diet Coke that I can't remember, he will still keep uh he'll still keep drinking that garbage. Um so so shout out to Catted. Also, RIP our blue checks. Um Twitter Twitter got so much worse as a result of that. Uh but it's great that like whenever you log on, it's just sort of a mixture of like fascism and like bad business ideas. And then, you know, that's I mean at a certain point of scrolling, maybe six or seven. You might find like what one of your like mutuals uh, has been up to. Um, great stuff. The second thing that happened during this time, I think, so I would sort of call this the sort of moment where AI kind of entered a sort of mainstream lexicon. I don't know. I I, I know that other people might disagree with me, um, but I think this is sort of the moment where like AI as like you know a type of consumer tool sort of enters fruition. And the post that I thought sort of best and captured this is a post from a guy called Paul, like Paul.ai. 
says AI is the future for brands. If you can get paid to create images, you can get paid to create images for them. Here is how to generate realistic food photos. And the photos that he generates from one of these types of generative tools I mean, they're just sort of like smooth and very gent, like sm- and very rendered. There's not, there's nothing particularly special about them. They're very like, you know, you sort of log onto your Uber Eats app and like you might sort of see this on a loading screen. But I bring this up because I feel like this kind of really captures a lot of like the sort of AI hype. Um, the idea that like, you know, on the one hand, this fear of automation, but on the other hand, the fact that like, you know, the, the sort of supposed benefit you get from this really comes down to you can sort of produce really, really cheap content very, very quickly as a result. And that's why it should take over not only our entire lives, but the entire economy. Um, Miles, you like mentioned some stuff about AI a little bit earlier, but like, I wondered whether, like, what are your, like looking back on that moment and where we, and how we sort of talk about AI now, as someone who sort of covers this and sort of observes this in terms of like internet culture, where do you think AI has sort of sat in 2023 as both a thought experiment, but also as this sort of like, do you kind of consider to consider it to be a material threat or is this like another play by tech people for who, who like have sort of had to accept that like crypto and blockchain just didn't quite work out? Yeah. AI is a threat, not because it will actually replace creativity, but because dumb rich people in power think it can Mm. and, Mm. (laughs) and we'll try to use it that way. I mean, we saw, we saw, you know, uh, Various publications get caught just do, doing the AI-generated articles because they think people won't notice, but they always get caught. Um, but I, I think that speaks to also like the people who are hyped about this really want. First of all, they're not creative; they're uncreative people. They're they're like LinkedIn tech weirdos. They're they they're not they're not creators. Mm. They think this is this technology makes them artists. Mm. because they because they can <laughs> now put in a prompt and get the picture and they have been really really hilariously committed to the idea that that they are doing art by knowing exactly what prompt to mm. feed into one of these image generators and and they've argued this point like to a crazy degree where where, where they're like no no, no. It, it it's it goes back a little bit to the pilot guy yeah. It's like, no, I'm an artist. I'm, I'm, I'm actually an artist because um, I told the computer exactly what to make. And um, I got this like, you know, uh, big, this big titty woman uh, mm. who's like more, more perfect than like any, uh, any girlfriend I could ever have. I saw, I saw a lot of that, honestly, which was that, uh, oh, it's so over for, for women because I yeah, can now yeah. AI generate the perfect woman. Mm. So, so it's so like regular women are, or like real women are just obsolete because I'm making a perfectly smooth woman. Have, have you seen this stuff with the, with Elon and the robot girlfriends and like people like crowing being like, oh my God, like, you know, like, like women, like women, like women, like women are over. There's no, there's, there's no more, there is no more use for, there is no more use for them. Look how like, look how like upset they're all going to be about the robot girlfriends. And it's like, yeah, no, that's, that's, no, that's right. We're very, very upset. I'm very upset about the robot girlfriends because now it means I might not get to date Tim Pool, which was one of my goals for 2024. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you got to see what's under the hat. Yeah. I got to, I got to see what's under the hat. I gotta, I gotta make him some gray bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I and you, and you, and uh, you've mentioned this just as because actually I do have one last story before we close out the episode on AI girlfriends. Uh, so yeah, this is around about the time where like once AI sort of enters mainstream and just just as we uh, like finish up in May, 
Um, there are lots of these sort of like scam artists, uh, sort of self-fashioned entrepreneurs who are all kind of suddenly like one of the funny things that we, we both saw was like, the sudden kind of unveiling of all these AI marketing courses, like this idea, you know, suddenly these people just sort of show up out of nowhere being like, oh, I've written this 500 page book on AI marketing. And if you don't get on it now, you're going to be poor forever and all that type of stuff. Um, and it was very interesting to see like scammers trying to sort of like uh, capitalize on AI before like sort of figuring out what it was. One of the funniest ones that I had saved was actually from a pickup artist. Uh, and I thought it was interesting because like, obviously we've talked a bit about pickup artists, uh, some of whom have sort of like decided to kind of go like court the incels, but others who have tried to sort of like maintain the mid two thousands type of pickup, but in a environment that isn't necessarily conducive to them. One of the funniest ones that I found was a pickup artist that tried to convince people to um, buy into their courses by generating AI women. So this is a guy called, this is a person called Shades of Game. Uh, great start there. Uh, says, I am 14. I don't date girls over 24. My girlfriends are 20, 21, and 24. The 24-year-old, I've been with her since two years ago. Uh, to, uh, too much mileage and baggage when they're older than that. Trust me, I've tested extensively. So I recommend you do the same 18 to 24 only understand the game. Um, and he uploads two images. One is of him, but with like a woman, I don't think this woman is AI generated. I feel like she's Photoshopped, but in the second image, that's like a very clear AI image of him with two fake women. Right. Um, I don't think you need like an AI like uh, image detector to tell you that no, that's a fake image. That's a bit too smooth, even for someone like him. Um, and I thought that was just like a very funny insight into how marketers are trying to sort of like now sell, or like how these sort of like self-fashioned gurus are trying to sort of scam people with these promises of AI. But also, I think it was really interesting to watch how quickly that happened. Um, and just how, like, you know, for a type of tool that is sort of being very quickly adopted, but no one quite really knows what the consumer viability is for these guys to sort of fashion themselves as not only the experts on this, but like at the forefront of this sort of so-called AI revolution. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's like a very, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting insight. I imagine we're going to see much more of this in 2024. Um, especially as different types of chat sheet, like as different types of like generative AI tools um, enter into the mainstream. Um, I don't know how many people are going to buy into it, but um, if the AI girlfriends have anything to go by, um, yeah, these guys might have actually found the market. I don't know. Yeah, with the apes worthless, we just need bored girlfriends as the new crypto. Yeah, asset. that's a that's a good <laughs> idea. Oh shit! Yeah, make a note of that and save it before we steal it, man. Uh, or before any of the listeners steal it. That's right. Okay. So 2024, Miles' project, board girlfriends, uh, get on, get in on that early uh, before you can. Just before I want to, just before I wrap up for good, I do want to make a note that at the end of this year, um, and I think this sort of leads us up to the to the second episode quite nicely. Um, things on X went really well. As you can imagine, Elon was doing great. He learned from all his mistakes of 2023. Um, and so much so that they decided to let him just take over all the tech side because he was doing really well at that. Um, Twitter got a new CEO. Uh, X got a new CEO. Her name was Linda Yaccarino. Um, Linda Yaccarino has been doing really great. Like, you know, we'll talk about her more on the next episode. But what I will say is going through her Twitter it's just a really interesting insight into someone who like, I, I, I see her a lot like Peter Hitchens, like Peter Hitchens doesn't follow anyone. 
So when he posts, he just kind of posts to himself. And Linda Yaccarina reminds me of having that kind of energy. Like she's doing posts primarily for herself um, or at least trying to convince people that this is a normal platform when anyone at this point must understand it as anything but. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, we, we talked about uh, Linda Yaccarina a little bit in the episode that we did with Jason a few, a f- a few weeks ago. But um, she's definitely, she is definitely a fan. She's definitely a fantastic character. She's a, I mean, wait, do we have any proof that she's not a generated? No, we don't. I mean, I'm looking at her. Has anyone yeah. ever seen her being interviewed or anything? I'm looking at her image right now, her ex profile, and she does look very smooth. Like her picture looks she's very re- like well, rendered and smooth. Well, she's very rich, so she might just look That's smooth because she's rich. Yeah. But like just, that yeah. might just that might just be enzyme facials. I mean, we don't we, we but, don't know. But here's but here's an example of like the type of things that she's posting. Bearing in mind what's happening and like the headlines of this platform, like whenever you type in X or Twitter on like Google News, the headlines you usually get are either like, oh, this company is hemorrhaging more money or losing advertisers, or Elon Musk is once again posting anti-Semitic content. Um, hey, wouldn't it be good if someone did it? But like, they kind of did something about it, which was the whole point of bringing Linda Yaccarino in. Like, she was supposed to be like, "Don't worry, like, I'm the most corporate person you can sort of imagine, and I can like sort of tame him. Um, I can fix him, for like lack of a better term." Uh, here is Linda Yaccarino's last post uh, at the time of recording. Just learned over the weekend that there are more than 130,000 spaces on X and users spent 2.4 million hours listening to content. The voices of the people are powerful with free exclamation marks. Um, great stuff. Very, very great stuff. And then, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. All right, I have but to that's say- That's not as good as what she normally does, which is like everybody is posting about like some kind of horrific world event. And then she like shows up just being like, is anyone else really sad that they've stopped doing eggnog lattes? And- <laughs> I have, like, yeah. I, I no, I, I like, I, re- I, res- I respect this kind of <laughs> ambassadeled obliviousness. I think it must be a very peaceful way to live. I have like the best example of this, which is also like on December seventeenth, where she does free posts about planning her Christmas Eve menu, um, and uh, yeah, and then she kind of like is posting about the fact that she wants to do the seven fishes for her Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Eve menu. And I, 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 I just think that's great. I feel like, I feel like it's sort of, you know, in the same way that, you know, in the same way that there are certain blue sky people that are just trying to get back to a kind of social media that they remembered and they kind of liked and like, you know, it, it, it feels like sort of tragic to sort of see that, you know, I know what you're trying to do, but like, it's just not there anymore. Like, you know, it's gone. Like that period of time is gone and it's not coming back. She reminds me so much of that. And oh my God, she's still posting up Barbenheimer. Jesus Christ, it's December, man. You, you, know, what, you know what Linda Yaccarino is? Linda Yaccarino is the only <laughs> yeah. legitimate trad wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. None of, none, none of the TikTok trad wives are doing seven fishes. I'll give I'll give it that much. No, none of them, no. none of them are sort of doing no. oysters, clams, no, and no, they are No, they are not. She uh, might be the only is person the seven, who's. Is that what the seven fishes are? Uh, she's, she's a trad wife and a girl boss at the same time. It's really tough to pull off. It's it's tough, but it can be done. Uh, seven fishes, by the way, clams or uh, uh, oreganata, uh, bacala salad. I don't know any of these dishes, by the way. Grilled po- uh, grilled polpo, grilled sardines and salsa verde, shrimp scampi, fried calamari, and then uh, pasta alla puttanesca. Is that how you pronounce it? Puttanesca. Uh, well, you can, yeah. I think you can say it. Is that, is I that, like that we're counting. I like that we're counting shrimp as a fish in, in this. Ooh, but yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> yeah. That's very controversial. Um, well, 
Baklava salad is a salt cod. It's very nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a lovely dish. It just, yeah, I think you're right. She's the trad but wife. To be and fair, the it, sound, it, sound, it sounds like a nice dinner, but yeah. why are we hearing about it is the question. I, I agree with Conversation that. wouldn't be great. Look, I agree with her in the sense that like, I feel like it would be nicer if people just posted what they were going to have for dinner, not the food itself. Don't, you don't need anyone posting their, like, posting their food online unless it tastes very, very, or unless it looks very good. But like, I am interested in like what type of meals you're having. And so I do, I appreciate her spirit and I appreciate like, the fact yeah. that she might be the only one person to believe that this can still be possible. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying candid to her, but I do say that maybe she's got a point. It's her website now. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope so, because I want to find out those fish recipes. Look, on that note, I feel like we might have to end the episode. Uh, and we have ended it, I think, at the halfway point. So in the bonus con bo bonus episode, we will be going through uh, the posts and uh, all the sort of tech or some of the tech news that happened between uh, June to December. Do uh, tune into that if you are interested in that. In the meantime, uh, Miles, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your time with us and thank you for sharing your uh, insight into posts with us. If people want to read more of your insights or just like generally just want to want more Miles, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter still at, um, at you wouldn't post. Um, and I'm at Miles Cleon Blue Sky where. I'm slightly more clouded up. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then, uh, yeah, my byline is on Rolling Stone. Um, I think I have my link to that uh, in all my socials. So I am, yeah, I'm working today and tomorrow and then I'm done for the year. Thank God. No more posts. Yeah. So don't, don't hey. annoy, don't annoy. Actually, by the time this comes out, Miles will be on holiday. So like, I, I don't know, like he won't see your posts. Maybe, maybe he might, I don't know. But like, be nice to him. Don't, don't be mean. Um, <laughs> Thank you for listening to this free episode of 10,000 Posts. We really appreciate that. Um, you know where to sort of find my socials. Uh, Phoebe, do you got anything to plug? Nah. You know where to find Phoebe's stuff and do it. Do get like subscribe to Phoebe's newsletter and all the other podcasts and stuff. Um, this show is produced by Devin. Follow them at Devin underscore on earth. Listen to Kill James Bond as well. And then finally, um, uh, I know it's the end of the year, but do uh, do bear in mind uh, that there is still uh, a lot of like atrocities happening in Gaza right now. We have links to uh, medical organizations and other organizations working in Gaza. Do uh, donate to them if you are able to do so um, and do can kind of continue to spread awareness if you are able to do so as well. Um, yep. And I think that's it from us. So we'll catch you. Yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. We'll catch, we'll either catch you on the bonus one or we'll catch you in the new year. So until then, we'll, uh, this one is coming out. Ah, in the okay. New well, year, happy new, I keep, keep forgetting happy new year because you are listening to this in the new year. Um, I hope you had a great Christmas. <laughs> this was, this was a great way. This was great. This was so good. I hope you had a great Christmas. Great. I hope Fantastic. you had a great new year and, uh, we will be, yeah, we'll be back at normal. We'll be back at normal scheduling, I guess. <laughs> okay. Catch happy you. New year. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.